You're listening to Wayfind Marketing Live, a podcast about navigating business and making marketing easier. Here's your host, Wayfind Marketing founder and president, Steve Phipps. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Wayfind Marketing Live. I'm Steve Phipps, and this is Annie Laurie, my co-host, and we are a part of the Wayfind Marketing team. And we know that marketing your business, marketing your nonprofits can be really challenging, especially in this season where things seem to be changing on a regular basis. And so what we want to do is we want to help make marketing your business, your nonprofit easier so you can focus on the things that are most important to you. And today we are going to discuss three things that you can do to start getting more sales, more business now rather than than later. Yeah, so here in Tennessee, we're, we're based out of Memphis. We serve clients all over the country, but here in Tennessee, we've um, started to reopen a little bit. And in Memphis, I think we're somewhere between phase one and two, maybe we're in phase two, but um, we're starting to get some calls from folks and some of um, the clients who may have pressed pause have pressed go again. Things are starting to to begin to pick up a little bit. And we just want to have a conversation today about, you know, what are some things we can do right now? What are some quick wins that we can pursue to grow our business right this minute? So what, what do you think, Steve? What are what are some things that we could start doing right now, right now today? Well, the, the number one thing that uh, I, I encourage you to do is start using email as a good marketing and communication tool to reach your your customers, your past customers, uh, your network. This is a, a this can be a really uh, it can be an effective way. I've, I've had multiple conversations with business owners over the last few months of, of folks who have an email list. They they have in some cases, maybe a thousand or or two thousand contacts, people that have done business with them, um, people that know and like and trust, but there's been really no communication with that audience. And it's it, sometimes people overlook it. Maybe it just seems obvious. Um, but but marketing is one of the most effective and cost effective marketing channels and tools that we have. And, and so just what I would encourage people to do is, is start using email on a regular basis to stay in contact with existing customers. There may be opportunity to um, offer additional products and services, uh, and, and, but it's also a way to bring in new customers. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that some clients that you've worked with have email lists. They're just not using them. They might not be utilizing them to the full extent. Why do you think people forget about the email list? Do you think it's an oversight or that maybe folks aren't sure what to say? What do you think that's about? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one, sometimes people just get busy and and they, so they, they just don't use it. But that also connects to sometimes people aren't quite sure what to say. Right. Uh, what what do I communicate to to my audience? And mm-hmm. and so one of the things that that can be done, if you think about email, there's really there's a couple of different ways that you can use it. One way to use it is to share information that's helpful. It's informative. 
uh, it's educational, it's equipping. Uh, other types of emails are, are sales emails. Uh, there is a very clear uh, sales message or you want, you're, you're inviting them to do something. And so uh, an informative email, an educational kind of email could be sharing a blog post. Maybe you've written a how-to article or maybe you created a video that, that helps your audience solve a problem. Those are important because that keeps you in front of people that builds trust, credibility, and awareness. And the sales emails are important because that's what's inviting somebody to maybe have a new product. You're inviting them to learn more about it. Uh, maybe you're inviting them to a webinar or to download uh, some sort of a, a PDF, some sort of an offer that will move them closer to becoming a customer or buying that service or product that you're offering. I wonder if some people shy away from the email because they're afraid they'll actually get a lot of responses and then they're either not sure what to say or how to manage the responses that they get. So that might be a barrier to people even starting. Um, can you talk a minute about that and also just the importance of following up? Well, I think sometimes what happens is, is I, I think right now, if, if somebody has that fear or concern, my encouragement to them would be, well, just, if, if you're depending on where you are, if, if, if you're in survival mode, that's a good problem to have. Right. Um, and that goes in operations. But the other reason that actually comes up sometimes is people don't want to be, they don't want to flood people's inboxes. They don't want to be seen as sending a bunch of spam. And that's why it's important. Have content that's meaningful, have something that your audience would engage with. Um, you know, so again, know your audience and create content that they would find valuable and then, and you know what, if somebody opts out of your list, great, they're just filtering themselves out and you know that, that that's just, you're not going to be communicating with them in that fashion anymore. And you know, that's a win. It's okay to, for people to drop off of your list. So beyond current customers, what can we do to engage new prospects or maybe even re-engage some leads that went cold? So there, there are two things here. And so two, as far as existing or past prospects, people you've had conversations with. Um, a lot of times what happens is it's easy to forget about those folks. So for example, in, in our business, I talk with a number of different business owners and a lot of those conversations will lead to us giving them a proposal. And you know, a, a fair number of folks will become clients and some don't. And so there's an opportunity for, for anyone, you know, that has a, a list of those folks, go back to, to people that you've talked to in the past. For whatever reason, if they didn't become a customer in the past, maybe they're ready now. Maybe they went with somebody else and they've had a bad experience. Maybe it just wasn't the right time, but that, that sometimes can be a way to go back. They already have enough trust and credibility built up. Uh, in their opinion of you, that they were willing to have the initial conversation. And so that can be a group of folks to go back to. Maybe you have a different service now that they might be interested in. Uh, but again, the idea of what we're thinking about here, what are things that you can do sooner rather than later? And it takes time reaching a cold audience, people that have never heard of you or don't know what you do, that takes time. And depending on the product or the service that, that you sell, you know, that can, that can take weeks. It could take months to, to them, for them to get to the place where they're ready to take that, 
to make that commitment, to take that next step, to get a proposal or sit down and have a conversation with you. You know, I read a statistic this week that said 73% of all B2B leads are not sales ready. I thought that was a pretty high number. Um, but, you know, to your point about not being ready, uh, we've talked before on the show about lead nurture campaigns. And mm -hmm. uh, that is a way you can make sales or make lead sales ready. That's a way that you can um, continue those conversations and help ease anxieties or anything that might be standing in the way of them being ready to make a commitment. And I know that you have a lot of experience with lead nurture campaigns and you've seen these be really effective. So could you share a little bit about that? Maybe even an example or two? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've, you know, if, if, if you missed some of our previous episodes, we we've, we've talked about sales funnels and, and what goes into using them to generate leads and then nurture those leads through a process. And it, it's built on the fact that people go through the buying journey, the sales process at their own speed. Some people will zip through it uh, and de just depending on their circumstances, whereas others are going to move more slowly. And so having the sales funnel, having that email nurture is something that can help slow down the pace, but it lets you as the business or the nonprofit, but it actually lets you control that pace because you're sending emails on a scheduled basis. Again, that's sharing information, it's building trust, it's building credibility, and ultimately it's asking them to take that next step. And so even if you have existing customers or past prospects who aren't doing any business with you right now, if you have some sort of offer, a, a PDF or a webinar, some sort of a resource that they would find valuable, then share that with them because that may be a way to re-engage them and, and help move them forward faster than somebody that doesn't know you and has never interacted with you. If, if someone is interested in learning more about lead nurture and, and that process, what, what would you recommend that they do? Um, one of the things would be go back to some of our previous episodes and we'll put a link in our show notes that will go back to some of those where we talk more about how to use a sales funnel, the lead generation offers, why those are important. Um, and, you know, we've got some resources on our blog. We can link to some of those that talk about different kinds of lead offers to, again, to help build that trust and credibility. So what about the idea of land and expand? That's the idea of, you know, just getting a foot in the door with a sale. Maybe it's something small that could lead to something big. One thing that I love hearing you talk about is the Costco chicken. <laughs> could you explain how we can, what, what, what can we learn about marketing from the wonderful $4.99 chicken at Costco. <laughs> yeah, so the the Costco chicken is, is a great example of having a product that is cost effective and that it appeals to your audience. And so the idea here is that when you reach out to a prospect, even again, going back to maybe some existing customers or some past customers, and especially for where we are right now, because cash flow is really tight for a lot of folks, have something that they would consider valuable that's a lower lower cost point that invites them in. It gives them an opportunity to work with you. You know, one of the things that we do is we offer a, a marketing audit. And we we have that at a couple of different price points. 
Uh, in fact, we do a free website review for folks. Uh, so that one is, is free and we still give good information on how someone can improve their website. So have something free potentially, but then have a paid option that lets somebody sort of try you out. Uh, and so from there, the idea is once they're in the door, once you have the opportunity to show your value, then that builds trust and can open the door for introducing additional services. Now, another way to think about that too is a lot of businesses have existing customers that don't know other services that they provide. So there could be a really good opportunity, go through your customer list, identify which products and services they're using, and then begin communicating with, to them about other services that they might be interested in. These are all really helpful ideas. And I just wonder, is there any other things that we haven't covered yet that we need to make sure to mention? Yeah, so I would say that, so, so number one, of course, we talked about just, just start sending emails. Again, use good content. Don't just, not every email should be a sales email. Number two, of course, look back to past prospects and even past customers and see if there's something that you can do to help serve them. And number three is go through your contacts and identify contacts that can help you grow your business. Now, we, we have a client that we're working with right now, and this is the process, this is one of the things that we're, we're guiding them on, is sometimes if you look at your contacts, look at how many connections do you have on LinkedIn? How many contacts do you have in your Outlook or Google contacts? How many of them are customers? Pull them out of the mix. Actually, actually, what I would actually don't pull them out of the mix. Take your existing customers and reach out to them and ask for referrals, ask for introductions. So that would be one, one thing as far as looking at your overall contacts. Number two is look at your contacts who are potential prospects. These are people who for whatever reason, aren't using your product or service, but could uh, put them in a list. Now, as you're also looking through the list, look for people who maybe what they do, maybe their role within a company is not your, they're not going to be the person that's going to be your client, but maybe they could introduce you to the person at their company who would be your client. And so make that list because those are folks that you could then follow up with and ask for an introduction to the person in their company. And then, I'm oh, sorry, good. <laughs> and then the other way to look at that list is people who can introduce you to other contacts in their network. And that's where LinkedIn is really helpful because it lets you see who they're connected to, what companies. So by doing this, and, and in some cases, people have thousands of contacts. So make a list of your top 50 contacts that you want to reach out to. And again, existing customers who can be referral sources, they can introduce you to people that you're trying to get in touch with. Look at your list for people who are prospects. Look for people who maybe they're not a prospect, but they can introduce you to someone in their company. And then people that can just refer you to other people in their network. Uh, because I think a lot of times people forget about their own network and right. they don't think about how to leverage those relationships in a way that's mutually beneficial. Where they don't, they feel awkward or uncomfortable doing it. But honestly, yeah. 
there's really no reason to. I mean, it's just a conversation. And if someone's not interested, you can move on. But it might lead to some of the best client relationships you ever had. You never know. You have to try. <laughs> exactly. And, and given kind of the climate we're in, you know, if there is that fear, and I understand that there's there can be a natural fear about asking for a referral or an introduction. But one, you just got to get over that, especially for, for where things are. If you're trying to grow, um, you're just going to have to do some things that, that make you feel uncomfortable. Then number two, if you're confident that your product and service can really help people, you're not selling something. You're just trying to you're offering a solution and you're just trying to find people who would benefit from that solution. Exactly. Yeah, I think that um, another thing that this reminds me of is the first point that we we're talking about in emailing the list regularly, providing useful, helpful content. The more that you do that, you stay top of mind. Your current clients might have a contact who was like, oh, I'm going to forward this off to this person because we were just having this conversation. Like all these work together. Like they're, they're not just things that you do in silos and hope one of them sticks. Like they're all working together to keep you top of mind and continue to build um, your brand in the marketplace. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And rolling into uh, a fourth recommendation. So we're giving you. We're giving you a bonus today. Um, the fourth thing is, is really an action point is make a list of things that you can do over the course of the next 30 days. Maybe it is sending emails. Uh, maybe it's reaching out to past prospects. Maybe it's making the list of contacts like we just went through and following up with them. Uh, but make a list and then put down one thing that you can do every day for the next 30 days to market your business. Mm -hmm. Marketing is a long-term play. It's not mm -hmm. a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. And the best marketing is consistent because maybe somebody's not ready today, but they might be ready a month from now, mm -hmm. three months from now, six months from now. And so you want to stay in front of them, build that trust, build that credibility. So write down your list. What are your action items? Maybe it's, post to LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. Maybe it's send an email. Uh, you know, maybe you decide you're going to send an email every other week. Fantastic. Put it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. um, give yourself some time each day to market your business. Uh, because if you don't, nobody else is going to. And, and because a lot of the folks we work with are, are small businesses, nonprofits that maybe they have a good sized team, but they don't always have a dedicated marketing person. If you do have a marketing person, fantastic. Make sure that they've got clear direction and activities they're going to generate wins. You know, I talk to people who have very good intentions to mark to do these um, once a day for 30 day things. And then they don't. They fall off the wagon, so to speak. So yeah. what encouragement or advice would you have for someone to stay on top of it and not let it slide? Get accountability. Uh, one of the things and this comes from. Um, a book, a program called the 12 week year. Uh, and I do this every Monday morning with a friend of mine, it's called a weekly accountability meeting. And we, for about 30 minutes, we'll jump on the call. Hey, what are your three priorities this week? What are you, and it's in context of the quarter. Mm -hmm. And so get that person who you can have a weekly call with and let them know what your goals are. Here's what I'm going to do. Monday, I'm going to do this. Tuesday, I'm going to do this. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, et cetera. These are my marketing activities. Send them a copy of the calendar so they've got it. And check in. So as you check in each week, part of that is reaching back out or looking back at the previous week and and your other the other person asking you, well, hey, did you do it? What happened? You know, what are the results here? 
so get that accountability because it's much easier to stay on track when there's somebody else involved. Thanks, Steve. This has been such a helpful episode and I really hope that our listeners feel equipped to go out and do one thing today that is going to help them market their business better in the next 30 days. So as we close it up, what, what's some parting thoughts that you have for our listeners and viewers today? Well, I would say if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can get a hold of us, wayfindmarketing.com. My email address, steve at wayfindmarketing.com. If you have questions, we're happy to have a conversation. Uh, Marketing is complex. There are a lot of moving pieces. And so a big part of what we do is we help manage the chaos. We give you a plan. uh, And so more than happy to have a conversation if you have questions. But I would say the biggest thing is do something. It doesn't, if you don't have 30 days worth of things to do, that's fine. Pick something, do one thing. If that's send a weekly email, great. If that's make 10 calls a week, great. Do something because sitting on your butt is not going to grow your business. And you're going to get you're going to get no's and it's okay. You just got to keep moving forward. Um, and the other thing I would say is if you've missed some of our previous episodes, you can find us wayfindmarketing.com. You can find our resources. You can find our, our past broadcasts. We have a weekly marketing tip. It's two to three minutes. You can subscribe on our website down the footer um, where you can just drop in your email address. We'll send that to your inbox every Wednesday. You can find us. We we turn this into a podcast. So this is on Spotify. This is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on Anchor. You know, it basically, if it's if you have a podcast platform, we're there. Just look for Wayfind Marketing Live. Uh, share it with a friend. We'd love to to get more people dialed into this. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. So, hey, Laurie, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for our viewers, uh, for those who are listening on the podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. Come back next Friday. We're going to be kicking off a new series. Uh, We're going to go through how to build out a marketing plan. We're going to talk about a one-page marketing plan, what's involved with that. We're going to break down everything that goes into marketing from the start to the finish. We want to give you the tools you need to have a plan that's going to help you grow your business. So join us next Friday at noon, central time, same bat time, same bat station. Great. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We invite you to join us for a live recording on Tuesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website at wayfindmarketing.com slash live.